Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati-Ratna and welcome to episode number 51. Uh, it's hard to believe we're already at episode 51, but we've got a good one for you today. My guest, yes, I said guest because this is our first time having two people on the podcast at the same time. It's an amazing couple, John Carlos and Gabriela Valez. They are the worship pastors at Emmanuel Christian Center, which is my home church when I'm not on the road speaking somewhere, uh, which also means they're in charge of Emmanuel Live, which takes them around the country uh, doing camps and uh, conventions, things like that. And they do stuff, just the two of them. They're an amazingly talented couple with, uh, they also lead SOAR, which we get into, which is a school of artistic refinement. They are songwriters and they are amazing singers. Uh, you, you just want to go Google them and uh, listen to some of their music. It's just good stuff. Uh, but more than that, they have a heart for God, a passion for his presence. Uh, they are people who just, I've just seen them draw a group into the presence of God. It's an amazing uh, thing because of their heart for the Lord. And we, in this conversation, have such good stuff that you're going to enjoy. You're going to enjoy them. They're great people. So without further ado, my conversation with John Carlos and Gabriela Velez. All right. Uh, John Carlos and Gabriela, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us, Glad Kevin. to be here. It is uh, good to finally get to talk to you online with this. Uh, I must say right up front before we, I'm probably going to switch back and forth between JC, Gabby, and Gabriella, and John Carlos, but uh, you'll forgive me, okay. right? It's awesome. <laughs> Gabby, that's as long right. as you clarify which JC you're talking about. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, I got that one. Uh, <laughs> JC, yeah, is it always been JC, by the way? Yeah, you know, that was kind of a thing. Like, I started going to youth group that people, I think my youth pastor, Pastor Mark McKinstry, who's a missionary now in Spain. Um, he might have started that. He might have started that. JC, are you with me? He would always say <laughs> that. His you know? family, if his nickname with your family, they either call you John or John John. Like John, that. John, yeah, John, yeah. John John. John um, John. It's a Puerto Rican thing. It's a Puerto Rican thing. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think our youth pastor started JC and then it kind of stuck. I never called you that. It's really weird for me to yeah. call him that still. <laughs> I can't even call him John. Like, that's just weird. That's not. Yeah. That's weird. But now it's John John from right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From this John moment John. on, yes. everyone else. From now on, you heard it I am first. John John. Yeah. That's a, it, it's a name change kind of a situation. Here. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, actually, when uh, Mark Allen Schoolmeister was on, uh, he, that was when he said, I'm no longer Mark Allen. Uh, so so this is the name change show. That's the new name yes. for <laughs> Yep. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, so if you want anything else, you know, John, John, or we can, we can, we can go wherever you want to. It's official here. This is where we do uh, it. <laughs> you make it official, bro. All right. So uh, uh, speaking in this vein here, I thought I'd start with a fun, uh, where did you guys meet uh, kind of your origin origin story of the John Carlos and Gabriella? <laughs> oh, and... my. Um, we met when we were, 12 12 um yeah john carlos i remember he came in to our church you had what was the story there 
Well, I grew up, we both are from Milwaukee, and I grew up like in the hood, yeah. you know, like East Side, Milwaukee, Holton Street, you know. I mean, it was whatever, you know. So, anyways, my parents, um, they were invited to our home church back in Milwaukee, Oak Creek Assembly of God, and um, by a cousin of ours. And my family ends up getting saved, and I get saved, like radically mm-hmm. saved, like. I heard like the Lord just start speaking to me. I was 12. I was this punk little kid, just mm-hmm. like a wannabe hoodlum gangster kid. Yeah. You know? So when I met him, he walked in with like, his, you know, like super baby, baggy clothes and the Superman shirt with the fake abs on it and like gold chains. <laughs> and he had a mustache and he was 12. And we were talking about <laughs> your parents. They I probably looked like I was 27 yeah, years old. His like, parents legit. wouldn't let him shave it off. Which I, we were telling them the other day, I was like, that's just mean. Like, why would you do that? But I saw her leading worship in youth ministry and she was like, she caught my eye right away. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's got the voice of an angel. And I knew. I didn't like him. She did not like me, but I knew I was going to win you over. And that one day I would marry you. Yeah. He told my mom when we were about 13, Hey, I'm going to marry your daughter one day. And my mom came to me and said, you are no longer allowed to talk to that boy. He is way too passionate about you. So, um, but so we, yeah, we dated, um, off and on through high school a lot. We broke up a lot. We were the, (laughs) we're the dramatic couple in youth group that every youth pastor dreads having. Um, (laughs) we were, I mean, we were, we did, you know, we did everything together too, like with music and, we were in worship the teams. worship team, fine arts, all those things together. But we just, um, so we've, we've done that since the beginning. We've, you know, and we've had to overcome a lot of um, drama, but, uh, and up. learn, how, yeah, we had to grow up and obviously thank God we did. I mean, we were 13, 14, 15. When we just, started dating and stuff. Yeah. How do I tell I know I'm going to marry you. It's either prophetic or it's pathetic, but I know I'm going to marry you. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. So we ended up going to North Central and, um, yeah, we we weren't together when we first went to North Central, but then got back together. There's a whole story there that I won't get into, but um, God turned it around. Yeah, <laughs> we we got back together towards the end of our freshman year, and um, and then we just really we worked on a relationship. We realized like, okay, you know, we love each other, and this is this. But God is, had to do some work. Yeah, He really did, and it was the best thing for us to be apart. And um, I had to grow up. He had to grow up, and. Um, God like radically like wrecked me in college. Um, and so that was, that needed to happen. And then we got back together and we were, we dated all through college then and got engaged end of our junior year and got married after I graduated. So that was a big thing. I wanted to graduate first and, um, yeah, yeah. got married in 2012. Mm-hmm. Now three kids later. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. how old were you been then when you, got married 22 22 oh, yeah. so, you're, so nine years there of you know, back and forth yeah <laughs> yep. yeah that's a all right just say so, so you don't feel so bad because uh, you seem a little uh, like uh, jenny and i when we were dating we dated for a while and then I broke up with her, uh, and uh, I know I'm proud moment there. Uh, we were uh, probably 19 at the time, and then we didn't date for a year, 
and I was like, okay, she, well, actually what happened, this is not in the notes at all, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> We're still free friends. This is for free. Friends. That's right. So we, <laughs> we stopped dating for a year because she made a commitment to God. She wasn't going to date for a year right wow. after I broke up with her. So she's like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I need to take time for myself. And so when that year was ended, I proposed to marry her, right? And just skip the whole dating part again. Just said, that's all right, awesome. let's just go for it. So, oh Dude, that's the way to do it, man. <laughs> I, I was all in at that point. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. Now the audience is getting my story too. So here, that's, here awesome. that's great. So, I, speaking of my family, when I knew I was going to be interviewing you guys, my daughter, said i needed to ask you this question so here we go uh, uh my daughter asked me to if you could tell the story of your time on the voice uh, your whole uh, voice story since uh, i haven't i've heard bits and pieces but not the whole thing you feel comfortable sharing that yeah, yeah. it's been a while but it's we while. will share about it yeah i joke that i i don't love sharing about it and i don't know why i must have some bitterness in my heart Maybe a little bit, um, but it was just, just, just a bit. Just no, a bit. It, it was really an incredible opportunity that we got. Um, they were coming, the voice was coming to Minneapolis. And what they do is they, they'll kind of scout out people before they come to cities. And so our names were thrown out by someone and um, they said, hey, you should, you should put out a, a cover video um, so that, because, hey, I kind of, we put your names in gave somebody some producer or somebody your names and so they might be look checking you out we're like oh okay so we did a cover video and put it on youtube and didn't think much of it and said oh you know our attitudes are very much like hey this yeah the, whatever, whatever yeah. comes like you know we're not going to chase after something but well yeah let's let's give it a shot and see what happens so a couple of days after that we actually got an email um from the voice saying hey got caught your video and would you guys want to come in for a private audition in Minneapolis so we basically that step is like step two um so we skip like the cattle call where everybody comes to a city like so it, we go right to um they call it executive auditions um I think so yeah that might be the something third like one. that but the this one is yeah it's basically the callback from the first round so it's like the second round so we go there and um they go yeah prepare three songs and so we prepare all this stuff and we go in and we're just i don't know we're just like along for the ride we're like okay every you step know? of the way we always said like god we'll go as far as you allow yep. us to but if you want if us to stop yeah if you're it. not in it like shut the door and we've said that from the very beginning and so um we go in and we did our thing and um, we were as we were waiting and people were you know going in and out it was really quick people were going in and out in and out in like barely singing and we didn't know if that was good or bad and so we go in there and we're in there for like 20 minutes and they keep having us go through all these songs and we're like oh they hate us they're just trying to like you know i don't know like maybe use them for a, no like, a like role. no i don't know just maybe like oh, i don't know if we let whatever so i kind of we go through a thing and they're very la so and he's just like yep great okay um you're gonna go you're gonna talk to this person and uh you're we'll gonna see you in all you're gonna sign yeah. yeah you're gonna sign all these papers and basically basically that means you uh we love you and we want you to move on and we're like what what he was like he looked at us and it was so like straight it was like it could have gone either way like you are absolutely horrendous. yeah you i was never do that again. so shocked or so then they like immediately <laughs> take us 
to another room and there's like all these cameras and lights and they do our interview kind of like right now like hey tell us how you met it's really like lighthearted and fun we were just ourselves like really goofy and dumb and um we so then yeah we they go okay well you made it to the next round which is this is the executive callback now in LA but um you know before you get really excited uh we still have to we're gonna send your video that you just did um you know where your audition we're gonna send it to our producers and then they make they for sure will send you or say hey no we changed our mind so every step of the way there's like you could be like, yeah, and then it's, oh, never mind. So a couple weeks later, we get another email. Yeah, we definitely want you to come to LA for executive callbacks. It's like a three-day thing. And there, at that point, it's narrowed down to like 100, no, like 150 people. So out of like thousands, like 40,000 or whatever it is, I don't know, um, it's narrowed down to like 150 people, something like that. Yeah. So we get to LA, and that's where we meet everybody that's there. And we it was that was probably my favorite part was just meeting people from – um, all all over the place. Lots of worship leaders, honestly. We a met so many worship leaders from churches. Yeah. I mean, think about it. They sing all the time. They're just, I mean, just so, there's so much talent. And we were so inspired. Um, we would gather at night and like show, you know, show songs, song, songs we wrote, songs just we cover songs. We were worship like around we a started fire, like, yeah, yeah, we we started talking about God to people and just people. It was really, really amazing. Um, and I remember saying, like, God, if, if we're here just to, like, show others your love and compassion, because some people have walked away from the church and really hurt by the church. And so uh, we were just we just showed love. And I'm like, if that's the only reason we're here, then um, so be it. You know, so we go through that that whole weekend. Um, and I remember us being the last uh, time of the day. So, like, you go in your audition. There's another there's it's a little bit more intimidating you're in front of like all these producers you go to the studio and they have it really like vibey and really cool and we sing our song and they don't give you any feedback there they just go like thank you and we can kind of hear them like as we're walking out like oh they were you know that was good and we're like okay so um <laughs> uh, so we walk out and it, but we it was the end of the day so then they go okay we'll come back to the hotel and we're gonna basically you're gonna find out what happened so then i remember they were just reading off these lists of names and they're like they if you, two rooms like yeah two, two rooms and they like, separate you and so you're there's a group of people intense. in one room and a group of people in the other room we have no idea if we're the group that's like going home or the group that hey you did great so yeah. we're all we i remember going in there and joking like all right guys you had a good run like yeah let's you know we're going home and then this like executive producer walks in and her little dog walks behind her and she comes in and she's just taking her time we're all like what is what happening and she world? goes so you know based on your auditions today um we want you to um come back for the blind auditions and we're like and everyone starts screaming it was crazy and Carl and i just looked at each other like what <laughs> and <laughs> like shocked like we couldn't believe it um and then again they go well let's bring you down to earth so now you're gonna go into a you know another crazy vetting psyche process. we did a psych evaluation yeah yeah like, like make oh sure... you're a pastor no oh, no I'm just kidding <laughs> no like make sure that we don't have anything crazy going on you know yeah um and so they thought did, I was crazy. No, I'm just but, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think. Yeah, so they go, okay, in you're selected to go to the blind audition, but you could still be cut in between. So, um, so the next day we're there and we do more interviews and we do more like 
we met with the psychiatrist, all this stuff. Um, Yeah, so then a couple, like a month goes by or a few weeks and they go, yep, you're officially coming to LA for a month. Pack your bags. Uh, You're going to record the blind auditions. And And at that time, we're like a month. Like we have, we had our oldest daughter was a year and a half. Yeah. So we were like, hey, we're husband and wife and most people here are single or they have their spouse taking care of the kids or whatever. Like, what are we going to do? They're like, oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll help you out. Yeah. So we had our parents like really stepping in and helping. And we had some help from some friends, but it was super, super tough. And they didn't know kind of what they didn't know what to do with us. We were because the first husband wife duo. We did it as a duo. Yeah. Um, and they they really I mean, it seemed like they really wanted us and really liked us. I mean, that was whatever. But yeah. um, so we signed. I remember we got this hundred page contract and we I was crying. Oh, wow. I just didn't know. I was like, oh, I, I don't know if we should do this. Like, we have a kid. Like, is this, you know? And I did feel a piece about going. Um, I remember talking to Mark Allen, Schoolmeasters, and um, he just really encouraged us too and walked us mm-hmm. through it. And we met with um, Pastor Nate, Pastor, Pastor Nate, Jody, Pastor Jody and were so amazing. At and they Cold go Stone Creamery. <laughs> yeah, they go. You have to do this. Like, this isn't, you know, you you they have to. Us. They blessed yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so we went and, um, we left our baby girl and that was so hard. And, um, so through it, we, you know, we get there and we're there for a month and there's about 95 contestants. Um, and we learn this, they give you, they give you your song that you are going to sing. You don't get to pick they, it. Yeah. They, they pick picked it. it um, and it's 90 seconds of a song and you're there for a month just working on this one thing. And one I will say, song. yeah. So in, they they really equip you honestly like to do well they give you you get voice lessons you get they resource um, you yeah yes they resource you like crazy um and so we it was they tell you straight up they're like this is a reality tv show yeah that a competition happens to be a part of so we're in it to make really good tv but you you're in it to get as much as you can out of it yeah so we we did we made friends we um lifelong friends learned a lot we learned a lot um we i've yeah, we sat in just tons of meetings and just learning about the industry and all these things. And and every day we would go back to our hotel room and we would just surrender it to Jesus. Yeah. We would just say, Lord, like, if you want us to go another day in this, yeah. let it be so. And if you don't, close yeah. the door. It's so easy in that t- to get sucked in. Like, you're in Hollywood and you're in like universal studios and you're getting your makeup done and you're getting wardrobe and it so it's so easy to get sucked in and not and lose sight of reality honestly so i think to your point like that's why we always had to come back and surrender to jesus and make sure our hearts were right because it is it's a different world it really is and we i remember like (laughs) gabby had kind of a, a crew of of women that were just kind of getting really tight and like they would come to gabby for like life advice because they knew like you're you're like past you're like a pastor right and like like you go to church and stuff right like and you're a mom and like and all this like what about this and they like i remember there'll be moments that they would just be bawling and just like having like a total god moment Mm -hmm. and um like i i remember having conversations with guys on the show and like talking about just jesus yeah you know it and, was, it was and, so to, cool. and now years later um a few of them live a couple of them live in minneapolis and john carl still kind of talks with them and is just there for them um and um they're not a couple of them aren't christians but 
you we're just, being a light. Yeah, yeah, we're just being a light. And I think, and they always will reach out to you. And so I think that's really, really cool. And um, how it all ended, we'll land the plane here and this is getting long. Um, we, if you remember, we didn't bring our daughter and they, they had really kind of over-promised us they some said stuff. They said your girl will be there after a week. Oh, wait, two weeks. Yeah. Oh, wait, three weeks. And we're like, what in the world? Yeah, and then just as you go, you go farther into this thing you realize the time commitment and so you know you're there for a month for the blind audition that's just leading up to recording for the blind auditions where you go in front of everyone and um and then if you make it all the time like six months prior if you make if you make it past that then you go to the next round and that you could be there another couple months and then after that it's like months and months and months and so we're you know we're like oh my gosh like thinking through that as well well we were really we they probably really didn't like us because we were really hard like hey, you know, you said our kid could be here and we were very strong. And I remember towards the end, we were right up, it was like a day or two before we were going to record. Um, we were actually going to go in front of the judges and, and, and or the coaches and, and do it. And they flew our whole, they're about to fly our full, whole family out. Our and they, parents were all there. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. So they, they, they said like this lawyer came in and he's like, yeah, like your kid's not going to be able to, be with you like we're gonna put her at a different hotel with your parents and you, and i'm like so we're gonna record with her and then you're gonna separate us again and then break like that's not gonna work so, so i got like mama bear on them and i was like if i would have known that it was gonna be like this i would not have come and it drunk yeah. i was like oh shoot and i thought they were <laughs> I was like, just... Uh-oh. I'm like, Lord, so Jesus, they were like okay <laughs> okay well yeah it was a bad communication so they flew our entire family out all our, of them. All of them flew My out. parents, her parents, our daughter. Everybody. And they let our our daughter come to our hotel with one parent. So, um, and they said, just keep it on the DL. We're like, okay. Um, so they're all there. We got ready to do our interview with Carson Daly with our family. And we get a call from um, like high the up, high producer. high producer. And they basically were like, you're going home. And we were like, what? Um, and I think it, we, we, I don't know if it was cause we pissed him off or, <laughs> uh, or what, but we were, we were sent home and, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was hard. And it, you know, all going back to saying like, um, Hey God, like, well, they we wanted said, us, they wanted us to sign over temporary guardianship and we declined. Oh, wow. That was a big thing. That, <laughs> Yeah. I think you left so that. it was yeah, I did leave that out. But um so it was hard and you know and even after saying like hey god, we surrender it all this things, it still was a disappointment. Um and uh you know, it was I remember just crying and and being like what did I why why did I just come here, you know? And so you start to get and then am I not good enough and all those things started to flood in and um months after that you know you i i saw the reason you know i'm like okay we were there for a reason yes god like thank you but we're human and i had to deal with disappointment and and um, we didn't want to sell out like we just did it yeah (laughs) yeah so there was a lot of emotions um so a lot of a lot of good um honestly that came out of that experience i i'm so thankful for that experience um and they do an amazing job at you know the show they re- they really do they do treat you well um i really have nothing bad to say i just think you know it wasn't we had a we had a daughter and our family was more important and we didn't want to just yeah. leave her behind and it's so i think the biggest thing that i learned from it is that when great opportunities come up we're like lord this is yours you know this is yours and all of a sudden 
we start in our mind, start conjuring up our own outcome of what is going to be. And God's like, mm, I have a different mm-hmm. picture that I want to paint here. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's different. And then we may get disappointed at times, mm-hmm. but if it's in God's will, there's a reason for it. And when we look back, we're looking back at all these, I kind of call them nuggets of gold, you know, just these, these treasures that we found in those moments that we truly did surrender it to the Lord. Yeah. And sometimes in our mind, we say that, that like, God, I'm going to surrender this to you. But really we're saying, Lord, I'm going to say this and surrender it. But like, I want it to happen this way. That yeah. you could, but Absolutely. he knows our thoughts. Yeah. Like, he knows. And he's it's like, so true. All right. You said you're going to surrender I feel like me. God was you... like, okay, well, you said that. You, but, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Like, I did say that. And you did, you know, and it was, yeah, it was. Yeah. Was that, was that one of the lessons you, I mean, the kind of taking away then uh, is the whole process of surrender and what that looks like or any other, yeah. you said nuggets that you've taken away. What, anything come yeah. to mind with that? I think for me, it's like, trust the Lord, take it step by step. And it's really hard to like, try not to make this whole grand picture of what it's going to be like. And we could narrow in on that one thing and God's saying, I have something so much greater Mm -hmm. that you're not even seeing right now. You're just thinking about that one piece. And God's like, I have all these things to make a huge masterpiece, you know, and it's really trusting and truly acknowledging that God is in control. And though the outcome may not be the way that we thought it to be, Mm -hmm. it's much greater than what we could have ever thought or imagined. Like we look back and we're like, man, we would have never made those relationships. We would have never gotten that experience before. We would not have been, I feel like we grew from it. Oh yeah. So much like, we came back and then we, we launched SOAR, mm-hmm. the School of Artistic Refinement, where we're like, we want to invest into the next generation of artists. And mm-hmm. we want to take all that we've learned from our experiences and our processes. And had we not walked through that door yeah. of opportunity, like we would not be in the place that we are today. Absolutely. You know? I feel like it was God's protection over our lives too, Absolutely. for it not to go farther than it did. I really, really believe that. I didn't I didn't see that at first because like John Carl said, I, I think I prayed like God I surrender, but you still have this, you know, in your mind of what it's gonna look like and oh it could be this and this could be the big opportunity and I could change the world and, and just all these things you know, you you start to, to go down that. Um but yeah, God God had different plans and I'm so thankful that he did. Um and for his protection over our lives and where he's brought us now. Um, so, yeah. No, that's, uh, we're going to, you mentioned SOAR and we're going to jump to that in a second, but I just want to highlight what you're saying for the fact that when this comes out, I mean, we're in the midst of this coronavirus and people's plans and agendas are changing and it's a, it's kind of a new season and we're uh, probably questioning People are questioning things, and uh, from your lesson, there's there's the truth that we don't see the long-term picture. Uh, it's it's a long-term game that God's playing, and sometimes those moments feel hard, uh, and that's it's okay to feel hard uh, in the moment. But what God's doing in you is probably more important than what He does through you. So uh, let's jump into SOAR here because I know that you both are passionate about that. Uh, 
why why did you uh, you kind of alluded to one thing there but uh, why why did you start soar what maybe what is soar and then what why did you start it yeah so soar is a nonprofit entity that it's a school of the arts uh, we call it the school of artistic refinement hence the name soar uh, but really it's for uh, empowering the next generation of artists um, refining their their skills their god-given abilities and, and growing and, and just learning and receiving high-level music education. Another thing that with SOAR is I, I agree that that type of experience and opportunity should be given to everyone. Um, so we don't limit it to like, hey, if someone can't pay it, like that, we, we hope that that's not the hindrance. We hope that that's not the reason why they rob themselves of that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we want to do everything that we can, hence the reason why we're a nonprofit. Uh, so we partner with also public school systems um, that um, want help and assistance in growing in their um, music education. So um, we, 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 we try our best to um, give everything that we can. We have a great staff of teachers, but really it was like, and not only are they like their teachers that like do it, they don't do it for the money. They do it because they care. They care about students. They care about music they care about uh art they care about uh, a high level of excellence and um being able to transfer that to the next generation so for me growing up in the city of milwaukee my parents worked hard to put bread on the table i mean both had full-time jobs you know they couldn't really necessarily drive me to like after school programming or anything like that or um you know they would pay for some things here and there but like it got expensive you know mm -hmm. and in the school system, Milwaukee public school system, after my music teacher was about to get laid off, she looked at my parents, she said, your son has something special and I wanna give my time to him, volunteer for free after school and teach him music lessons. If it wasn't for Miss Lynn Roginski <laughs> investing and in seeing something in me, um, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. I wouldn't be um, you know, the lead worship pastor at Emmanuel Christian Center. I wouldn't be leading worship, writing music, you know, doing soar. Um, so for me, it's like, I need to give back. I need to, we need to do this. Um, and coming back from our experience of, uh, on the voice, it's like, Hey, we really can do this. Like people, I think respect our, our skill level enough to say, Hey, we want to learn from you. And, um, we started developing this program partnership with inspire possible. And, um, you know, people saw the dream that we had and they wanted to just ignite the fuel and say, go for it. Like, let's do it. So that's really the, the kind of the birthplace of SOAR. And uh, for those who are uh, longtime listeners, you uh, will remember that uh, Tim Sanders was on the show episode 18, or you can go back and listen to that. And he uh, alluded to uh, this amazing couple. And now that's, that's, there's the tie-in for those who are uh, wondering the amazing talent that was a reference back then. Here we, uh, we got him here. Uh, and this, again, this is a family affair over at our house on putting together questions for you guys, apparently. Uh, and so I, when I, my wife wanted to throw out this one, if, when you think about SOAR, if you guys were dreaming big uh, and money was no object, uh, what, uh, what kind of things would you dream of SOAR becoming or doing or being involved in? Man. Oh, man. <laughs> I 
I truly like. I feel like when a young musician or artist gets to like a certain level, they have like dreams. They're like, oh, I want to do something in a recording studio. Oh man, I want to. I just want to go to a place and just be, just have a musical outlet that I can just partner with some of the best and have some of the best equipment that you know. It's kind of like a painter with the right, you know, set of brushes and, and paint, you know, like just give them the canvas and they'll go. I want to provide uh, a place where the next generation, kind of like how the YMCA, like, you know, like they just have a gym, like come and, you know, yeah. burn some calories or something, you know, like come and get me, you know, like, uh, you know, if you want to go swimming, come, come, let's go swimming, you know, but like a sore center. Like, I'm, like, thinking in every major city of the United States, like, and around the world, like, like let's go global. Yeah, like, recording studio, just a safe, yeah. like, a safe place for kids to come from, from everywhere, not just, you know, like, from whatever background, and um, yeah. just have a place that they can collaborate and create with, with uh, other, other kids. Um, and that's the thing, like, to make it. To make a place that is accessible for yeah. everyone, yeah. you know, like a lot of the times, like you hear of these great schools like Berkeley, you know, and, and either gotta be like this insane like musical prodigy or have tons of money to pay for the college debt later on. Like for me, it's like I want to raise the next generation of students and say, hey, that kid deserves a chance because they got something, and they could end up getting that full ride scholarship to Berkeley or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. But like. And I feel like it's not just about the music too. Um, it's about really pouring into these kids and, and um, I don't know, just speaking life to some of these yes. kids and, and pulling things out that they... Music and mentorship, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like some of the best musicians that we will develop will be the next, like the best leaders that we develop. Yeah. I truly believe that. Like, like we, we want to raise up good humans too. Yeah. You know, not just good musicians. <laughs> exactly. There's some weird musicians. <laughs> you know, like be a, good, good be a good human. Like, but like be think compassionate. About and... Think about what that would do to a community that you have a building dedicated to the arts. That it's a you know recording studio, dance studio. It's got practice rooms. You got songwriting rooms. You got a performance center, like a theater. And it's not like, exclusive. It's not exclusive. It's not just given to, you know, the the ones that have the means to afford something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's really given to those that are like, hey, it's not not every kid out there is an athlete. You know, we got a lot of great programs for athletics, but I don't see like a ton of great programs for. Our, our students that are more like artistically inclined, like music and visual arts and, you know, go graphic design and broadcasting and all that stuff. Like, let's, let's give a place that everyone can come and learn and grow and receive not just musical education or artistic education, but mentorship, mm -hmm. leadership, development. Mm -hmm. Be a good human. That's a, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that should be a life motto for somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Just be a good human. That's right. right. Now, our time is slipping away here, so I want to get to a couple of questions on the worship front uh, before we uh, wrap up. Right. First, uh, I'll start with Gabby. Uh, I've been in uh, worship experiences where you were leading uh, and it was just one of those moments where I've seen uh, people were kind of on their edge maybe it was a prayer service and they're kind of sort of engaging and it was almost like the only way I can describe it per kind of your will said we're going to go into the presence of God you were, we're going to go after there was kind of a uh, 
you shifted I, I don't I, shifting the atmosphere is probably not the right word but you, you said by your leadership you took people in uh, any advice for people who are leading worship into how to engage people deeper into the presence of God yeah um for me i mean i can't lead someone where i've never been before you know so it's in the in those quiet places uh for me of just sitting with god um in my room or after the kids go to sleep or in the morning whenever it is or just as i'm walking like through my day with my kids you know and asking god hey i need you every day um and in those moments of of worship what i say and actually pastor nate uh, talk to me about this and I just say, God, I take spiritual authority right now in the name of Jesus, right before I'm about to lead people. Um, and I say that almost every time. Uh, and that's something Pastor Nate uh, shared with me and it was, it like changed me. I was like, man, like, yeah. So I just, I say that. And sometimes if you watch me, I'm, you might hear me say that. <laughs> like, um, or, you know, see me mouth that. And I, I do. And, um, so yeah, it's for me. It's the yeah, it's the quiet moments um, before before I ever step on a platform, um, making sure my heart is right and um, and then it's that I just I I take that spiritual authority that um, Jesus. Well, I, 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 I can see I can see that uh, uh, spiritual authority can come from a confidence that you have been in the presence of God, and, mm-hmm. and that both of you kind of exude that when you're uh, when you're leading that you've been there. Mm-hmm. And John uh, uh, Carlos, when you uh, when you lead, you often, uh, or at least I've seen you often begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit uh, when you're leading. Uh, any kind of thoughts or advice for people who uh, in general for or specifically for leading worship but also just in general who want to go deeper in operating in God's gifts that uh, kind of flowing through their life yeah I think for me um, I think back to the psalmist David you know how he would have times in the pastures out there and with his sheep and he would just be out there with his you know, maybe it's like a guitar, his harp, you know, or something, you know, the guitar of that time, you know, um, he was definitely a hippie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> just like out there with his guitar singing Kumbaya. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but I'm thinking of, <laughs> I'm joking. Totally. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking of those times where David would seek the heart of God and he just wanted to hear God and he would just have normal conversations with him that it just became a normal everyday thing like I wake up in the morning and I talk to my wife it's just how we how we are yeah at first when we like the first time I had to go and talk to her I was nervous I I probably stumbled over my words and maybe she said something and I didn't hear it right or something it's the relationship and the constant community and the com- uh, the the communication between one another and I always tell worship leaders like it's not this magic potion that you drink or it's not even from a book you know self-help book or worship leading book that you get it's simply in the communication that you hold with our Heavenly Father yeah. it's it, it, it's the everyday conversation I remember in high school when I felt like the Lord would just start giving me like prophetic words I would just be walking down the hallway and I say God speak to me mm-hmm. I want to talk to you you know and I, I would just talk to the Lord going from class to class I did that in 
college. I do that to this day, walking from place to place, meeting to meeting uh, at home. It's just, that's the way I work. You were never afraid to, I mean, to speak up or, and if God told you to do something and you ignored it, you would walk and you, I remember you'd look at me and you go, ah, oh, I gotta go back. I gotta go back. Um, and so you're so sensitive to the Holy Spirit and I can attest to that. Um, but it, it comes from a, a constant relationship of talking. Yeah. I, I, that's the one thing I take back. Like David, what prepared him was those conversations and those songs that he would have with the Lord in his alone time. Mm -hmm. He would wake up and cry out to the Lord. He would go to sleep and cry out to the Lord. Like he would have his day and he would just be talking to God and God would talk with him. And in those moments, I tell people like, when I'm leading on a platform, I'm not leading just to like, like, and I'm just stepping up there and just like, okay, here we go. You know, right. it's a, it's a process of preparation. I'm leading, like how Gabby said, I'm leading from a place that I've already been. I've been having a conversation with the Lord. And at times I want to get, I want to be so prepared that I don't have any hindrances. Like for example, I'm going to know my music. I'm going to know the song. I'm, I'm going to have a plan of where I'm going. But if God wants to disrupt the plan, it's not going to just like catch me out of nowhere and just like surprise me. I'm expecting for God to move. Yeah. I come expecting for the Lord to speak. And if he chooses not to give me something at that moment, I'm going to continue on with the prepared plan that I had before that I had in walking with him and talking with him. But if God says, I want to show up right now in this moment, John Carlos, let me speak. I'm giving an open ear to him. I'm taking time beforehand and preparing, knowing like where I'm going. And if God wants to flip the script, I'm going to be ready for that. Sound, both of you kind of been saying the same thing as far as it's almost like the body, the worship leading experience is actually the tip of the iceberg. And there's the, mm -hmm. all the things that's happened beforehand in your relationship with God that sets the stage for that moment. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep, so I, uh, I know that the, the kids are still sleeping right now, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this pretty quick here uh, before the uh, the miracle ends. Uh, but uh, if a couple of quick questions, uh, this one, well, quick on my end, you can do whatever you want with it. But uh, what is God messing with you right now? You know, what area of your life? Uh, uh, now, this doesn't have to be therapy, meaning more just kind of, is there, is there a verse that's kind of getting you right now or it's a thought about God that's really uh, grabbing a hold of you? Uh, anything just kind of, because we're always continuing the, uh, well, at least for me, he never stops messing with me. So is there any, anything that comes to mind that uh, God's really dealing with you right now? You want to go? Uh, sure. I was going to share about... Um, before all of this happened, this pandemic, um, John Carlos and I both and me, just myself, I was so busy, like always in a hurry, um, never slowed down. Um, and I felt like as a mom, I was, I was missing it. I was missing a lot of moments with my kids. Even if I was there, I wasn't there. I was always moving on to the next thing. Um, and right before this happened, I read this book, uh, we both did, The Ruthless, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, and it changed my life. And just, it talked about how Jesus lived his life. And he was, he was always in the moment. He was never rushing to get to the next place. Um, and it's, 
in our society like it's that's hard for us i feel like we we have that hustle and we have to you know we have to make something happen and keep going and keep doing like the i mean think about the thing that we say when people how you doing i'm good busy i'm busy but i'm good and i'm like is that you know, we, we almost take pride in that. We ain't saying that no more. People. You know, we take, I mean, it's different, yeah, you, know? you take pride in that. But what are you doing? I'm at home. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and it's not just slowing down. So when this happened, I mean, yes, we were forced to like physically slow down, but I feel like my mind and everything else was still going, 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 going. Um, and I didn't know how to slow it down in just in my thoughts. And so, um, I'm learning a new rhythm and, um, slowing my pace and, and everything and, and allowing yes like god to speak to me and not being in a hurry to get to the next thing even in at while i'm at home because i i'm um if you're into the enneagram i'm a three so i'm um i'm just, a 17 i don't he, even know he doesn't either. know what he is <laughs> I don't know what I am. but i would need to accomplish something like i have to do something i can't sit still until something's done and i've i'm learning to just sit and i mean whether that's just watching my kids do something silly and I'm in the moment and not going, Hey, you didn't pick this up. And yes, I still do that. I still yell at them, but like, you know, just being in the moment a little bit more, um, (laughs) slowing down my pace and, um, yeah, allowing him to, um, help me in that and speak to me in new ways. And, um, so when we come out of this, I don't want to go back to the way it was. I don't want to take some of those things back with me. Um, so that's what I'm learning very cool yeah i think for me i'm like learning how to be a good neighbor all over Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. um it's weird you know and um just being more aware of those around me Mm -hmm. and i I think you know i i can resonate a lot with what gabby was saying like just being in the moment like being a good dad honors god being a good husband honors god being a good neighbor mm-hmm. honors God. I have never seen you talk to our neighbors more. He is out there every day talking to them. And, and I love I'm it. an extrovert. Yeah. But like a lot of the time when I go outside, I'm either doing some yard work, you know, trying to clean it up real quick or like I'm out. I got to go, you know, to the next thing. But it's like I'll go and I'll, I'll find my neighbor. And I mm-hmm. want, how are you? You know, and now they actually know that we like we're believers and we're pastors and they They'll have conversations with me. Like it kind of was. It was so cool. It was kind of like, crazy when this when we were be, when we were home more when, in the beginning. They said, "Man, you guys were gone a lot." Like, yeah. and we were like, "Oh, oh man!" Like you're right. We're never home. Us in the face. Like, and um, so yeah. yeah, very cool. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, even though you're not busy anymore. But and that book, The Relic- uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, uh, that's uh, uh, on my list of, uh, well, a board member told me I need to read it. So I guess that that's a second, uh, second thing there. So <laughs> yeah. Great book. <laughs> and for uh, anyone listening, we'll put that in the show notes. Speaking of show notes, uh, if people want to learn more about uh, you guys with a sore or just your uh, videos, anything like that, uh, where would you like to send them? Iwillsoar.org. I will, S-O-A-R.org. Mm-hmm. I will soar. And you can just follow us on social media. Yeah, Gabriella Velez and then John Carlos Velez on Instagram. I think our YouTube as well. We haven't. John Carlos and Gabriella. Mm-hmm. John Carlos and Gabriella. Facebook. 
all those things. We got stuff everywhere. We got um, Emmanuel Live, our Emmanuel music, Live. Emmanuel Live, that's our church. Common um, Hymnal. Common that's, Hymnal. We're part of the uh, writing community there as well. So we got we got a couple of things. So yeah, we, we got a couple of things. Right. We're kind of we're, we're everywhere. We're just, right. Yeah. This, this will be a great episode to send people to the show notes, and yes. I'll put a list of all that so yes. you can find yes. uh, where. Uh, well, I appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, joining us today. This is uh, this has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. Kevin, too. For all the listeners, like listening, Kevin, you are incredible, man. Every time I see you. You just encourage me uh, to just not only be a better human, <laughs> good human, but honestly to be a better Christ follower, to seek the face of God. And in moments of like, like really kind of down and like tired, running on empty times, you've always been there to smile and you've just, you've just been there. You Just a, being around you mm -hmm. is just a joy, man. You, you really radiate uh, the presence of the Lord. Um, just knowing that. So, Kevin, and your kids, your kids do too. Dude, and seriously. It's, such a, it's so Samantha, beautiful. Samantha, she's incredible, yeah. man. So we love your family. We love you so much. Well, we love you guys. This is a, this has been an easy one. So thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and it was an encouragement to you in your walk with Jesus and uh, he, allowed, he allowed him to speak to you through them uh, and their story and their journey and you just enjoyed them uh, to learn more about them and uh, what they're doing as they mentioned a whole bunch of things where you can follow them and things like that. Uh, why don't you just head over to ChristConnection.cc uh, click on the podcast and I'll put them all the things they mentioned there uh, one place so you can uh, learn, dive in, dig, uh, listen to their music. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, again, that's ChristConnection.cc slash podcast. While you're at it, why don't you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes that we have coming for you. We've got some exciting things around the corner. And it means so much if you would take a moment to rate and review this podcast. It helps more people find out about what we're doing and uh, that we can be a blessing to them as well. And we just love to hear what your thoughts are on uh, the guests we have, things like that. Uh, whatever you want to say, I'm, I'm willing to listen. So uh, take a moment, rate, review. And until next time, Thanks for listening.